Hello everyone, this is Steven for memeandmeme.com. In this installment, we're going to be talking about eight tips to progress in meditation when you feel stuck. Now, I've been meditating for the past almost four years or so, and there have been a couple of times where I took it much more seriously than others, and sometimes I would just, you know, I basically always had a daily practice. Of course, days would be skipped here and there, but um, sometimes it would just be 10 minutes hit and there wasn't a whole lot of diligence brought to the whole thing. And then other, other times, you know, I'd be doing it an hour a day, if not a little bit more than that, and it'd be at the forefront of my mind and just really putting in a lot of effort towards it. And so there's, you know, there's a lot more results that come out or that come through the practice when you do it like that. Obviously, you get in what you put out. But even when I do that, such as I'm doing that basically now, um, even when you do that, you can still sort of be hindered by discouragement in that it's still a difficult thing to do. It's a difficult thing to maintain. Um, and it's hard to appreciate the benefits of it, especially when you're starting out because you don't have any context or actual tangible results. And when it's a very difficult practice, say it's just the mind's just really all over the place, or maybe you have doubt as to whether you're doing it right, when it just feels like it's not going well for days and days and days and on end, maybe even weeks on end, it's very easy to just say, well, fuck it. Um, and you stop or you just think, oh, well, this isn't for me or I'm not good at this, anything like that. And the truth is that there are, uh, there are methods and actions you can take to have deeper meditations and to have more um, successful meditations or more progress with it. Now, when I say successful meditations, that's sort of a sort of a misnomer because um, just inherently, you're gonna have days where it feels like the meditation feels like you didn't get anything out of it. Yet you you do in the in the sense where it's like, okay, this is a skill like any other, and what matters is that you show up that you put in your best effort and that you maintain the habit and you dedicate basically your whole life to improving upon this practice. If you hear that water, it's my roof. It's leaking. Uh, my landlord is very terrible at fixing it. So, <laughs> um, so there are steps you can take to sort of set yourself up for uh, for better sessions, meaning where you feel sort of a state change or there's more focus and awareness and overall motivation. And motivation and inspiration, things like that, it's very important for this and any other thing you do, right? Because uh, it's what keeps you going. It's what shows you the value of what you're doing. Um, and you're not going to get very far without it. 
And so I have come up with a you know eight eight uh, item list. Um, there's definitely more. Um, it's just however you want to parse these things. But um, one of the things that has really helped me lately, uh, I started reading. Well, well, you know, we'll start with eight. <laughs> eight is uh, join a local meditation group, and I started that couple months ago at this point and uh, that has been a tremendous help and I've actually made you know new friends through that um, and you know you get to like the way it works is that you know we come in and then if anyone wants to talk about anything related to meditation or even not related to meditation they can um, and then we'll sit for half an hour in silence Unless we have a new person, then they may we may give some guided instruction. Um, but we'll sit for half an hour in silence, and then we'll come out of it. And if anyone wants to share anything about the sit, they're welcome to. Um, once in a while, they all go out to eat. I haven't done that. But firsthand, you get to see like other people's struggles and successes. And that's actually really valuable because you understand, like, hey... You know, all this, uh, <laughs> all these uh, just ridiculous thoughts and struggles with the practice, like, you're not alone. But then again, you get to see when people sort of break through to a new insight or to a new stage. And that's also encouraging. Now, of course, the other side of that is that um, you can start comparing yourself to other people, which... We all do. And you can get discouraged when you see, oh, maybe all these other people are sharing these insights. And yet I, uh, I can't stop thinking about um, having sex with someone. I can't stop thinking about eating this food. I can't stop thinking about this stupid thing that happened today. Like, whatever it is. And so that's something you have to sort of watch yourself with and correct yourself because the comparing yourself is really toxic um, and we'll talk about that a little bit more but the reason I want to start with that one is to join a local meditation group because uh, it ties in with uh, the other thing I've started doing recently when because in that class the teacher that started it he's sort of a, uh, a somewhat renowned teacher on the methods of a book called The Mind Illuminated which is a book written by a, a teacher named Chuladasa. Uh, he lives here in Tucson. And it's basically a pretty secular, um, you know, book on mindfulness and like a, 10 stages really, but nine serious stages to, uh, you know, to greater peace of mind and to enlightenment, if you want to think about it that way. And, and it's been a really valuable resource and it's it could be pretty technical it was about a 400 page book or so and what actually has really helped is just reading that now i haven't been as diligent about it lately as reading it before meditation but it really does help if you like okay i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna read this for 20 minutes or half an hour and then i'll sit for however long i sit and it's sort of like you know having an instructor there informing you on what you need to do, on how to approach the things that you're struggling with. And it also just offers, you know, another source of influence 
that can provide that inspiration, that can provide that motivation. And so that's been one thing that has really helped me. Um, and it gives you a sense of like, because that book, it has that stage component, you know, it's a meditation manual. Because it has that stage component, it gives you a sense of like where you've been. It gives you a sense of where you are um, currently, like which stage you're at. And then it gives you a sense of like what you can start to expect in the coming months and, you know, as you progress. Um, but, you know, the other thing about it is that, you know, at least for people that are sort of doing this practice with this book, um, there'll be days where like those diff more difficult days where you'll, you know, say you're at stage six or whatever. Um, you'll have days back at stage two or stage three and it's just like the mind's going crazy and you're like, you then address it like you're back at that stage. Um, but reading a meditation manual, whatever it is, or maybe even just a meditation related book is, well, I find is super helpful. Um, to keep the ambition with the practice strong and to address the problems that you're facing in that week in, you know, over those previous sessions you had had. Uh, and I guess, you know, I'm sort of referring to like that you already have a daily practice, which that in itself could be a whole nother tip. It's like, that's a crucial point. You know, it, it's, it's actually better in my opinion to have a daily practice of 10 minutes rather than once a week for 70 minutes with something like that. Because it's, at some point it just starts to feel like your day feels weird without meditating and uh, it actually feels off. And even just for 10 minutes to take that time, it's, it's sort of a dedication to, okay, I'm gonna take this period in my day, I'm gonna sit in silence, or I guess you get that music going, but, um, or guided meditation, but I'm going to sit and I'm going to tend to myself in this way. So, you know, it's, it's hard for people to start a daily practice, but actually in the book, um, the mind illuminated, the first stage is just getting a daily practice. Now. Um, and so if you're, you know, if you're interested in maybe that book, you know, you can go find it on Amazon or whatever. Um, but moving on to the next step is to affirm your motivation, goals, and intentions like before you sit um, and even during if necessary. But especially before, like this is another thing I started doing as I uh, began reading this book, is it sort of has a, what is it, six-stage process maybe or something like that for easing your way into meditation. And... Some of these points basically build on that or are that in some capacity. Um, but starting just asking yourself, you know, why are you choosing to meditate both today or for the session and, you know, for weeks and years and likely your whole life? Like, why are you choosing to meditate? And whatever answers come up, you know, it, it's a... Uh, <laughs> It can kind of be hard to have a vain intention, but it's possible. You know, you could still have that comparison with other people um, or something like that. And so why are you choosing to meditate? What, you know, just acknowledge whatever it is. Likely it's it's a positive thing because uh, meditation is kind of a hard thing to, uh, you know, bring a bad 
bad, a bad sort of attitude towards. And then once you, you know, answer that motivation, then like, what are your long-term goals with your meditation? And all the, all these sort of, you know, these sort of kind of make up what an intention is, but, um, just as a second one, like, what are your long-term goals? Whether it be, okay, I want to have greater peace of mind. That can also be just very vague. But maybe I want to be able to not get sucked into my thoughts. Or I want to conquer my depression and my anxiety. Or I want to uh, actually, you know, whatever enlightenment is, what they talk about in these spiritual texts, if you're into that kind of thing, like you want that. Um, whatever it is, like your long-term goals, it's important to have that in mind because ultimately that and why you're doing it, which are very similar, uh, <laughs> just sort of two angles from the same uh, for the same question. But when you have that, that's what keeps you going through those times where you just want to say fuck it and where you just want to quit. And then next, addressing like what are your goals with this session you're about to sit whatever goal, your goals you have, it should probably be based on, you know, how you could improve upon the past few sits you had had, whether it be the past week or even just the past, you know, yesterday. And once you get that kind of down, um, that in and of itself just brings a lot more uh, sincere effort and a greater want to actually do the practice and to do it well, meaning that you bring your full self to it. Well, <laughs> that's sort of a ironic thing to say, but you bring your full, um, your full drive and your full diligence to it, which is ultimately what you need if you want to succeed long term or even just short term. It's like you're not, you're probably not going to have a good sit if you're just sitting there daydreaming. That's sort of the opposite <laughs> of what you're trying to do. And this book largely just focuses on, you know, the basic practices like you sit and you keep bringing your attention back to the breath and it wanders off. You gently bring it back. Try not to have judgment. Try not to have uh, fear or anger or any other emotion, negative emotions. And just to observe your experience as it is the best, to the best of your ability. And of course, there's a lot more nuance and there's things that come up and you address those things in various ways. But... Um, I've always been attracted more to those practices because they involve less belief and they involve less dogma and sort of blind faith. It's more like, okay, well, it's sort of like a the ultimate sort of empiricism. Um, it's not science really because science sort of wrote like, you know, accounts of the objective world and doesn't, uh, or claims not, you know, be able to really address the subjective because it's not verifiable by multiple people to a large extent. And so, uh, although that, you know, that, that's, uh, that's a complicated issue as well, but in either case, I digress. So, um, yeah. You know, why are you choosing to meditate? What are your long-term goals in meditation? What are your goals with the session that you're about to sit? All those questions, um, bring you into focus and they, bring a greater motivation and a greater desire to do the practice well and to see the value in it 
because yeah. there, there really is so much value in meditation and it's you know you could list off all these sort of minor benefits which aren't really minor but you know like um, you can be more calm or you can det- detach yourself from your thoughts like those are it's a big deal in terms of emotional stability and becoming like an emotionally intelligent person but just the curiosity that it that you start to develop towards life and towards, um, towards existence. It's like that, uh, that's more valuable than you can probably know. <laughs> um, it's something, you know, you just have to start to appreciate for yourself. At least that's, that's how it is for me. Um, so moving on, number three, set aside your rigid expectations. And this sort of builds off the last one. Um, but if I, hadn't, if I haven't said it already, uh, the only bad meditation you, like the only bad meditation you have is the one you don't do. Um, and so of course, it, you know, well, it's easy, we'll judge. And I've even said it in this, you know, as this podcast has unfolded, but like, you know, the bad meditation is the one you don't do in the sense that like, you know, you'll often feel like, you know, if your mind was racing and you were uncomfortable and you didn't feel any calm or emotional stability or any sort of depth or insight arise. You're like, oh, that was bad meditation um, or I failed at this meditation or something like that. And there's some truth in that, um, but very little. And it's honestly just not a good way to look at it because if you know anything about uh, the mastery process, such as laid out by like maybe something in George Leonard's book, Mastery. It's like there's plateaus to all whatever stage you're at with whatever skill you're trying to get better um, with. And especially if you if that's become your number one skill. Um, there's there's going to be like stepwise plateaus where you're going to feel like you're not progressing. But if you keep putting in the work over and over and over day in, day out, with a great dedication, well then, you know, you eventually move up and that's how you actually get better at something in the long run. But setting aside that expectation that it has to be the way you think it needs to be, or the mind needs to be the way you want it to be, or your thoughts need to be the way they want, the way you want it to be. um, Letting all those things just um, reside as they are that's a key a key point and it's something that people have a hard time with especially in the beginning and and honestly everyone just has a hard time with it um i totally have a hard time with it like but but it's actually helped a lot just to before i sit think to myself or say aloud or even write down um whatever medium you want to do this in but just to express like okay I'm going to set my set aside my expectations. I'm going to let this be however it is. And I'm just going to do the best I can. And that'll be that. And that's actually been a tremendous help in uh, mitigating any discouragement I have for not doing it the next day or not finishing that sit and things like that. Um, the other point with the expectations was, again, not to compare yourself to others. Um, I sort of briefly already touched on this, but... You know, you have to, with anything you do, anything that you want to get better at, 
Uh, just really anything with life is it's only going to hurt you by comparing yourself to others and the way we all I think have to start thinking about it is just like you need to compare yourself to yourself yesterday um, and how you, how you can progress um, because there's always going to be someone better than you there's always going to be someone worse than you and there's always going to be you know people who have been doing it much longer than you um, like of course they're going to be better they've brought They've had much more experience and other things contextually in their life to set them off, set themselves up in such a way where they're more skilled at it than you. It's it's just that's not a problem. That's just the way things are, <laughs> um, and that's encouraging because it also can show you show you that you can achieve what that person has achieved. Like it's been done, so it's like okay, well, why can't I do it? Um, you have to already have some sort of neurotic um, denial of your abilities to think otherwise, such that, oh, you know, it's they can do it, but I can't, or I'm terrible at everything, or I'm just a total shit show, or something like that. Um, and so, you know, just not comparing yourself to others, but to yourself and how you yourself can improve, that is also a component of just setting aside these expectations that are ultimately a hindrance. Um, and then there's also another component where it's like, for me at least, when I think to myself about how, okay, I'm going to set aside these expectations and just do the practice anyways. Again, tying back into your goals and why you're choosing to meditate, you have to have sort of a higher dedication and a more substantial dedication um, than the desire to have a perfect sit, a quote-unquote perfect sit every time. Like, you have to have a longer vision than that. You have to have a sort of idea in your mind. It's like, okay, this may be terrible for the next week, maybe terrible for the next month, but I don't care because I see the value in this long-term. I see the value in this, you know, when I'm, by the time I'm 40 or by the time I'm 80, um, and so you have to sort of approach it in that way. Sorry for all the noise. I'm not sure what that is. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, number four, settle into your posture. This is a, it's a pretty simple one, but, you know, people often, <laughs> uh, they, ironically, they have expectations about what sort of a meditative posture should be. And in reality, there is no, uh, there's no correct or right posture. There's no posture that's better than others. Like the best posture is the one that where you can remain attentive, but you aren't uh, inclined to fall asleep, and where you're um, fairly comfortable. Now, whatever posture you're in, after a while, you know, if you're sitting for half an hour, 40 minutes, an hour or more, it's like you're just going to get uncomfortable. I don't care if you're laying, well, laying down, the problem is you'll probably fall asleep. Um, but if you're sitting, standing, walking, anything like that, like, you're going to get uncomfortable. And that can actually be used as a tool to further your progress. Um, of course, that becomes difficult as time goes on, but it becomes something that you realize, okay, it's going to arise, it's going to be there, and it's going to pass away, so let me investigate it and see it for what it is. Um, that's a lot can come out of that. But, you know, just before you sit, 
find a comfortable position one where it's like okay I feel like I could sit like this without moving a muscle for a long time um, and again any will any will work even laying down is nice it's just that it's so easy to fall asleep um, and so but the other point with the posture is that you know when you just start your sit it's, I feel like in general it can be helpful to like take a few deep breaths a few like deep controlled breaths um, now most of the practices I've done in meditation uh, basically it hasn't involved controlling the breath I've done some like pranayama and some other yoga techniques but not seriously um, where they you know they control the breath consciously and sort of direct it with you know counting seconds or things like that and most of the stuff I've done has just been observing it, how it unfolds by itself. Um, but taking some deep breaths at the beginning and just like, and just making sure your shoulders are relaxed and all the muscles in your face are relaxed and all these other places we commonly hold tension, um, such as in your gut, um, even in your legs. Like it's very important to release this tension and just sort of ease your way as best as you can into a comfortable, attentive posture. So that, that's, uh, so that's that. Then moving on to number five, uh, cultivate contentment. This is something that for a long time, I didn't, uh, fully appreciate. It was like, oh, I should, I should focus a lot on how beneficial meditation is and how, um, all these positive feelings that may arise because as you get into this, so at least if it's like a, a mindfulness practice based in the traditional Buddhist philosophy, um, you know, the component of equanimity and not valuing any experience or thought, uh, or feeling over another is a main, main point, but especially in the beginning, and if you're having trouble at any point, it's important to actually pay greater attention to those pleasant sensations or those more serene moments. And in some, something like gratitude can also come into it. Um, as I was sort of saying earlier, like curiosity, that can be a major component because again, like a, Sort of like a scientist, you're investigating your own direct experience. Um, you know, for better or for worse, <laughs> depending on your, your worldview. But, uh, you know, bringing a curiosity to it, such as a researcher would do when they're trying to answer a question, run an experiment or something like that. Um, a lot of sort of positive reinforcement and motivation can come through that. And... Ultimately, like, just like anything you do, this is coming down to how you feel or how you don't want to feel, um, depending on how you want to look at it. But, you know, we're emotional creatures. Um, everything we do is based in emotion. I will wholeheartedly say that rationality is a tool of the emotions, it is a means to the ends that we want. Um, and that's how it is. And that's okay. And honestly, what else would you want? Because to want is to have a desire for something. 
um, and hence a feeling. So cultivating that contentment, understanding like, okay, meditation isn't going to be pleasant all the time, but in like on whole, it should be a thing I look forward to, a thing that I actually experience greater joy and equanimity and peace of mind from. And over time, like as you do that, you know, your mind will start to associate these things with meditation um, and it'll just drastically increase your chances of sticking with the practice long term so that you can actually further see more benefits and understand why the people who are really into this are really into it. Because um, when you don't meditate, it seems like this, it can easily seem like this ethereal thing or it's like if when you try it, it's like, what the hell's up with this? Uh, this just seems like a waste of time, or I don't get it. Uh, and then, you know, this isn't, then they'll say, this isn't right for me, or whatever. But over time, it really starts to pay off. Um, and you just get in greater tune with yourself and aspects of your intuition, and you're less controlled by your emotions. You can sort of step back from yourself and take yourself less ser- seriously. And you can, at least for me, like I start to know, like, what do I need more than just like, what do I blindly want and things like that. Um, but cultivating contentment in sort of at certain times, prioritizing in your attention, the positive aspects of your meditative experience versus the negative that can really um, improve your practice. So moving on to number six, um, keep a meditation journal. And the, all these past points can sort of be incorporated into this when you're figuring out like why you're meditating, what you want out of it, what your goals are, setting aside your expectations. That can all be um, involved with the step of keeping a meditation journal. But even if it's just maybe doing those things before or even just like when you're done, sort of reflecting and writing down, okay, how's my sit? How, did, how can I prove this tomorrow? Um, what really stuck out? Like, did I have any sort of specific insights that I want to remember? And, you know, I mean, you know, years later, you can go back and look at that and be like, wow, like, I've come so far, or I'm so glad I did this. Um, and you can bring some nostalgia to it. But it also, again, just brings in a greater sense of, okay, I'm taking this seriously. I'm taking this as something I really want to do and improve upon versus something I'm just going to sit down and do because someone says it's good for me or not sit down at all. Keeping a journal is just another step that makes it that much more sincere. And I know I use that word everywhere, (laughs) but uh, I I think it's really appropriate for so many things because that's the sort of attitude we have to bring towards whatever it is we're trying to do. If we want to do it well and we want to do it with honesty and with um, the end goal of greater fulfillment and maturity and humility and all these other values that uh, are ultimately higher consciousness virtues. Um, So yeah, keeping a journal, another great component that is, you know, really really helpful um i found a lot of value in it and you know it could be hard to keep on top of it and to do it absolutely every day 
Um, but I find that it can really provide another level of actually support. Um, because just as when you're going to those meditation groups and you're hearing about other people's struggles and successes, like looking back at your struggles and successes, you can kind of put your current spot in perspective and maybe if you had a bad day, like, okay, like I've had plenty of these, I can get through it. Um, and I can continue forward. And so moving on to the last one, since we, uh, we already spoke of eight, uh, number seven is ease your transition out. So, you know, if, if you have a timer on, um, whatever you got going, don't just get up immediately and rush to the next thing you were, you were thinking about doing. Um, like take a few minutes to sort of ease out, like open your eyes, take some deep breaths, keep feeling into your, your body and the sensations and sort of maybe look around and notice if your like visual depth perception has changed. That's something that over the past year, maybe a year and a half has really become evident for me is like, I have a different level of clarity, not all the time, but maybe after like a, a, a very, what's the word? Uh, I hate to use it, but successful sit. It's like I'll, I'll have a different state of my visual awareness where there's a component of like less thoughts and clear mind. And that sort of allows me to have a greater, um, visual perception and clarity with respect to uh, all, all the uh, objects around me. And that, that's just a, a small digress, digression in point, but um, it's just another uh, sign, I think, of like improvement of awareness and clarity. Um, and so just taking that time to look around and then like maybe get up, um, Typically, I'll go eat breakfast or after I meditate or something like that. And, you know, just taking those steps, paying attention, like feet on the ground, maybe the, the feel of the air on your skin, the temperature. Um, and just the simple things that you're doing, just trying to bring that present intention towards it and focusing on the actual uh, experience of reality versus the imagination uh, of your thoughts now and the thoughts are just of course another component of your experience um but they're so easy to get caught up in conceptually and just you know drown yourself in imagination to the point where you actually aren't living your life fully you're sort of just prioritizing thoughts and that's what we're all sort of wrapped up in um and so you know that's why focusing on the body or sounds or things like that uh that's, that's the whole point. And so just bringing that attentive mindfulness to the movements and the things you do um, and bringing that curiosity to it, I have found that it that that's important then and it's also important to like just to even have that little bit so you can start to bring your practice out of just your formal sit and into your daily life and sort of um, in the same way where, you know, a musician may practice scales and the fundamentals during his formal practice time, but ultimately he has to be able to improvise on the spot and play well on the spot um, in his daily life, especially if he's a performer. Um, and it's sort of the same principle where it's like, 
you're not meditating. You're not meditating exclusively just so you can improve your life upon the cushion. Um, like you're meditating because you want to improve your life as a whole. And most of your life, you're in the world, part of society, as a relational human being. And being able to bring that mindfulness and step back from yourself and sort of focus on the person you want to be um, and how you can approach things in a more effective manner, like all of that is taking what you learn and what you um, cultivate during your formal practice into your daily life. Um, and that's, that's just so, so important and so valuable. Um, you know, that when you want to see benefits, that's what you want to see, right? So... Um, with all that said, we'll just, you know, review them again, or it's like, okay, number one, read a meditation manual or book, related book, um, before you sit. Number two, affirm your motivation, goals, and intentions before you sit, and during, if necessary, especially if you're struggling. You know, why are you choosing to meditate? What are your long-term goals? And what are your goals with this sit in the context of your previous, um, recent sits? Number three, set aside your rigid expectations. Um, you know, stop comparing yourself to others. The only bad meditation you have is the one you don't do. Um, number four, settle into your posture. Some deep breaths. Um, find one that's comfortable for you. Number five, cultivate contentment. And, you know, pay special attention to those components of your experience which are reinforcing for the practice when it's difficult. Number six, keep a meditation journal. Uh, number seven, ease your transition out of the meditation so you can bring greater awareness into your daily life. And number eight, uh, of course, as we started, join a local meditation group. So, so important. Um, so all that said, those are the eight tips. Um, my eight tips to sort of progress, especially when you're feeling stuck. Um, and this, again, sort of relies on that, you know, you have a meditation practice that you somewhat already see at least some value in the practice itself. Um, but for those of you who maybe just don't meditate, or considering meditating, like all of these are actually great to know beforehand because you'll start experiencing the benefits much sooner. And actually, I find that there's sort of a honeymoon phase, at least for like, if I'm not taking it meditation super serious for a while, and I'll like go really hard at it again, um, such as I had the past few months. Like there's, you know, the first week or two, like there's the sits are very calming, they're very serene, it's surreal, and uh, you feel like you're making a lot of progress with it, but eventually you understand, like, that period, <laughs> like everything, and this, this is what you're trying to understand through the practices, like, it's impermanent. Like, there's going to be days, there's going to be weeks where it's just hard, and these various um, actions you can take and methods, like, they can sort of set you up for greater success, so you can get more of those benefits and start living your life the way you want. So with all that said, um, I'm signing off and then I'm actually going to be right now as I'm recording this, it is October 24th, 2018. Um, it's a Wednesday and on Friday on the 26th, I'm going to be going on a meditation retreat. I'm ditching school for a little over a week and, uh, yeah, I'm going to be on my third silent meditation retreat, and I'm looking forward to it.
uh, <laughs> as the other ones, it's going to be whatever it is. There's going to be a lot of different emotions, but uh, those are extremely invaluable. And that, you know, that could be actually another tip. I just slightly mentioned is meditation retreats, uh, specifically Vipassana courses, if you don't have a lot of money, because those are completely donation and service-based. Um, but they're fantastic. You really get to go deep into the practice and you get um, some proper instruction. Uh, and again, it doesn't require much belief. Like he touches on some stuff that some people may find. Um, and by he, I mean, basically you learn from videos and there's a couple teachers there to answer any questions you have. Um, and you're silent for nine days. And on the last day you get to talk to everyone else you're attending their course with. Um, but yeah, that, that, that can also be a, a very beneficial thing to do because when you go that hard at it, especially as you're beginning or at any point, it's like you're going to get benefits. If nothing else, then like you're going to knock out more of those days that just aren't, <laughs> aren't great. Um, cause eventually your sits will just become by default. Uh, you will have those state changes and you will have greater clarity and, life will be on the whole much better but yeah i'll be gone on the meditation retreat i'm probably going to set up a podcast to be released during then um but yeah i will reflect how it went and sort of offer any sort of anything i can in terms of knowledge or insight as to how to approach those things better so i'm ending and Hope you have a good day. Uh, the thing that meditation doesn't sort of address that, again, I just can't stop thinking about it, is greater honesty with yourself. And it does do that in the sense where, you know, you're, you're not focusing on the bullshit in your mind, or you're trying not to. But sometimes you do just need to... Uh, you need to talk to yourself, you need to write to yourself. And so, you know, all these things in conjunction with each other, that's that's uh, the setup for success on the broader scale. So have a good day. Um, go hug someone, be kind to the people around you, and do something you're grateful for and that you love and that you enjoy. Because life's short, right? So have a good one. Peace.